One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. How many of you know the world is void of power, right? Um, the testimony is that only one thing could, could change the course of a of, of broken man, right? A broken marriage, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Only the power of the Holy Spirit. And so um, my, the point is, guys, that the world is not void of places, comfortable places for people to come and just sit. The, the world is void of people who know the Lord so profoundly that the, the motto of Christ, right, the, 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 uh, the, the primary goal of Christ is burning in them. And that goal is Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, set the captive free, release those who are bound in prison, right? The world is in need of people who literally walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they see people broken and in need coming into the doors, it's like, boom, you get a vision. Boom, the Lord opens you to pray, right? And that's the intervention of Christ. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. And so... um, the goal here tonight is that if you don't pray in tongues, you're going to pray in tongues. If you don't prophesy, you're going to prophesy. Right? Where's my man at? Amen, right? Amen? Amen? Um, if, if you don't, uh, if you've never healed a person, you pray for people that start getting healed. If you've never discerned a demonic presence on somebody, you, you develop discerning of spirits. That's the evidence of Christ in you. Right? So the question is, what's the evidence in your life? Is there evidence? If the Lord were to, if you were to be standing in front of the Lord right now, would there be evidence? Right? Right? In the last week, who, who did you cast a demon out of? Who did you prophesy over? What has the Lord been talking to you about? Right? You get the picture, right? What's the evidence of Him present speaking to you? Amen? Amen. So, let's, uh, Let's jump into, um, I believe, what the, the Lord really wants to reveal here tonight, and that is the equipping of His church, okay? Um, how many of you know the story of David and Goliath, right? Every, everybody knows the story. And um, I, wa- I want to use this as the backdrop to talk about um, some key things with this story, all right? Um, the picture is this giant Goliath is in the valley cursing Israel, Right? He's literally cursing the nation. And this guy named Saul um, is on the mountain with the army of the Lord, and they're all trembling. They're all shaking in fear. Right? It's a picture of the modern day church who claims to, to know Jesus, but is sitting there shaking in fear as the world is beating down on people. Right? The, the, inducing of pain, the depression, the anger, the anxiety, the, the drugs, and, and everything else, right? And, and you know, Saul's acting like he's got it together, but he doesn't because he made a very simple mistake. And that mistake in, in, uh, in 1 Samuel 15, the, the picture is that the Lord was speaking to Saul and Saul refused to obey the voice. And because he refused to obey the voice, the anointing wasn't present on him and he still had his position um, and he was on the mountain. And as a result, everybody that followed Saul acted like Saul, shaking in fear, powerless because they refused the voice. And that's a picture of the American church. The church is void of power. They're void of God present, of people knowing what the Lord is saying uh, because the the intent of Christ is to heal, deliver, right? To set the captive free, to do the supernatural. Amen? Yeah. You don't want to be Saul, okay? 
looking the part, acting the part, looking all, you got your robes on, you got your, your crosses on, you, 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 you look like you got it together, you sit in the pews every week, right? You got guys standing in the pulpit talking about Jesus, but the real question is, do you know him? And are you in his will executing the intent of, of the gospel, which is to heal, deliver, right? Set the captive free, right? And so, you know, this powerlessness is a, it's a, it's an absolute epidemic in the church. Powerlessness and Christian were never supposed to be in the same sentence. You got it? Powerless and Christian were never supposed to be in the same sentence. Right? The evidence of Jesus everywhere he walked, he was raising the dead, casting out demons, healing the sick. There wasn't a problem that he ran away from. And he didn't try to hide anything. Right? He was who he was. He was the Son of God and he walked in power. And when he walked in power, he did two things. The sinner flocked to him and the religious guy tried to kill him. The, God, the Pharisees who presented themselves as the church, but when Jesus came, they couldn't even see who he was. They, they were blind to him. They, and they wanted to kill him, right? It wasn't the Romans that put Jesus on the cross. It wasn't Satan that put Jesus on the cross. It was religion. It was the fake church that put Jesus on the cross. And you got fake churches putting Jesus on the cross all over the United States. They talk about Jesus, but they don't demonstrate Jesus because they don't know Jesus. And there's a lot of people that can quote a bunch of scriptures. The Pharisees quoted a bunch of scriptures, but they had no power. Because power comes from knowing him and what his intent and what he wants to do right now in this moment. Right now in this moment, what does the Lord want to do? Right? What does he want to do? That's the evidence of you knowing him. Right? He said he'd not hide from those who seek him. If you knock on my door, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Right? So the issue is actually the heart of men trying to present themselves righteous when they actually don't know and follow him. Powerless was never supposed to be in the sentence um, of Christian. And so comfort and powerlessness are two indicators. Anybody comfortable in life? Huh? I'm sorry for meddling a little bit, but if you're comfortable, we got some issues to deal with. Amen? Because comfort wasn't the way Jesus walked. He walked on the earth. He did supernatural things. He, he hid from nothing. Okay? He actually sought out the darkness and demonstrated the kingdom. Amen? Yeah. You ready to demonstrate the kingdom? Yeah. Tell your neighbor that you're called to demonstrate the kingdom. You're called to prophesy. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Get words of knowledge. Discern demonic spirits. Do supernatural things. You're called to hear his voice. Dream his dream and see his vision. Every day of your life. It's the evidence that you know him. You see, you can't sit there and, and, and substitute knowing him by reading scripture. You can't do it. Just because you read Scripture doesn't mean you know. There's monks on the other side of the world that worship other gods and read the Bible. That doesn't mean they know Him. The evidence of knowing Him is it's face to face. You dream what His dream. You see His vision. And you hear Him. And it's like, where are we going today, baby? Who are we setting free today? Who are we raising from dead religion today? Who's getting healed today? Who's, what are we doing, Lord? It's a mentality that you know the King of Kings, that He actually came to give you His Holy Spirit to make you supernatural, not to sit in a pew and get try to get a green light from a pastor yeah. to, to allow you to do something. It's, it's a lot more simple than that. He said, get baptized in the Holy Ghost, hear my voice, and go do it. Yeah. What would happen if you just simplified your life right now and you became His army Instead of being a pew sitter, you would say, you know what, Lord, what's your plan for you and me today? Who's who needs healed? Who needs delivered? I am your man. Yeah. Are you are you ready to say I'm your man? Yeah. Say it with me, say Jesus. Jesus. I'm your man. I'm your man. 
voice. And whatever you say to me, I'll do it. I need to hear your voice. Set me up here tonight. That I will not wander through this world aimlessly. But I will hear you. I give you my commitment right now. Wherever you lead me, I'll do it. No matter how crazy. Amen. <laughs> even think about this even if he gives you a dream and says, You're going to India. It's kind of crazy, right? When he gave me that dream, literally, when that pastor from India called me, it's a third world country, man. You're not born there to make money. Right? There is no making money. The gospel is not about making money. Contrary to what many of you grew up in, it's not about making money. Money has really nothing to do with the gospel. Jesus actually sent them out two by two and he says, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the leper. Right? Don't take two tunics, just take one and trust me. Right? And those, and wherever you go, they will take care of you because they hear me through you. And if they refuse you, shake the dust off your feet because there's somebody else who will hear you and you will learn to trust my voice. You see, the church has lost the art, the simple art of simply being baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's it's all the the Holy Ghost uh, baptism is, is an awakening to simplify your life and you hear the Lord and you go do it. And the church has lost the art. The the guy stands up in a pulpit and he, he... I, I, I gotta have a nice, pleasant, entertaining message that everybody likes. Jesus didn't have a message that everybody likes. The religious people hated him, and the sinner was brought to deliverance because the voice of, of God through the Holy Spirit was speaking through Jesus. And the real kingdom was revealed upon the people. Amen? You can't fake it. You, when you have Holy Ghost people in the, in, in the room, yeah. you can't fake dead church. Yeah. You sit there and say, oh, Pastor, where's the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Where are people getting healed? Where's people yeah. getting delivered? Right? Amen? Yeah. So here's the deal with... Uh, my question to you is, what armor are you wearing? Okay? What is your armor? Because this giant is... is is uh, releasing spells. The word Goliath actually means sorcerer. Okay? And you you guys, as you're watching TV, you're watching CNN, you have this propaganda message that is actually beating on you and beating on you and beating on you intending to make you fearful and afraid of what's coming, even to the point where it's infiltrated the church and you have these zero Holy Spirit denominations who are preaching to you. I hope you're, I think we're mid-trib, I think we're pre-trib, I think we're post-trib, inducing fear in you like you're supposed to be afraid of the apocalypse. Do you know the word apocalypse? actually means the revealing of Christ. Do you realize that when you are in Christ, you're called to reveal Christ? He actually doesn't send you to easy places just sitting in a pew. He actually finds the darkest places on earth, finds people with a mentality. He says, wherever you send me, Lord, I will go. And I know how matter, no matter how dark it is, you are with me. And I'm ready to heal the sick. I'm ready to raise the dead. I'm ready to cast out demons. I'm ready to demonstrate your kingdom. Amen? Amen. That's what the real gospel is. Amen? Amen. And see, the question is, what's your armor? Or who is your armor? Because Goliath is speaking these curses over you. You're being bombarded. Okay? You're being bombarded by a message that induces fear. But it's not about being afraid. It's about fearing your God. It's about honoring your God so profoundly that this boldness and courage comes on you and it's supernatural. Amen? Amen. It's a grace. It's about Him equipping you and your trust is in on not in what you know, it's in who you know. Because if you know Him and He is your armor, guess what? You're, you're in His will. You're, you, you, are in, you are in the will of the Lord doing what He's called you to do. And that's one of the biggest lies 
Most people walk around never really finding their purpose and their calling. Every one of you have a purpose and a calling. Do you know that? Have you found it yet? Or are you wondering? Huh? Are you wondering through life? Look at your neighbor and say, you have a purpose in Christ. You have a purpose in Christ. You have a calling in Christ. You have a calling in Christ. And the Lord's going to start speaking to you through dreams and visions. And you're going to know your purpose and your call. Amen. So 1 Samuel 17, David actually shows up on the scene, right? Right? Who's going to fight the giant? All these men who don't know the anointing, they don't know the voice of the Lord because their leader doesn't know the voice of the Lord. And they look at, they have this, all this pretty armory, armor on, but they're not warriors. But this boy named David, who was literally covered in oil, says when he heard the cursing from the giant, he actually runs to the battle. He actually, when he hears the cursing and the propaganda, he doesn't fear it. He actually runs to it because he knows his God. He knows him, right? And when he shows up and he says, I'll fight that giant, right? What happens next? First Samuel 17, so Saul clothed David in his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened, fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them. So David took, off, took them off. He then took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. He put them in his shepherd's bag and in a pouch he had and, and his sling in his hand and he drew near the Philistine. So religion who's shaking in fear when an anointed one comes along because the voice of God is their courage, religion shows up and tries to get credit for it. Right? Religion shows up and says, put on what I built. Put on what I look like. Put on what I define you as. Anybody been defined by something that you know is not what's really supposed to define you? The world puts armor on people that's powerless. And you stay powerless because you think it's real. You think it's power. But the evidence is, are you running to the battle? You see, Saul's shaking in fear. He's, he's, he's up there and he tries to take credit saying he's the religious one. But yet Saul, he's, he's still doing sacrifices. Paul's going to the prophet Samuel saying, let's do the sacrifice. Let's do the sacrifice. Right? He's looking religious. But the anointing left him. There is no anointing. Because he's shaking on the mountain in fear. Instead of running into the valley. And David, in the midst of all this, literally takes it off and says, I'm going with the one I trust. I'm going with the one I know. You see, when he runs onto the battlefield, he just doesn't run on. There's this courage in him, but he needs these weapons. So he runs onto the battlefield and says he reaches into the brook and pulls out five stones. Okay, five is the number of grace. It's the number of ability. And there's this river flowing in the midst of your battlefield and the Holy Ghost has been given to you so that you can reach into him and pull out your weapons. And David said, I don't need your armor, Saul. I know the Holy Spirit who will give me everything I need. Amen. Everything I need. I lack nothing. That's why I'm willing to go to the darkest place on earth because where I go and I show up, it's not just me showing up. There's a river flowing. Right? Didn't Jesus say, out of your belly will flow a river? Come on, out of your belly. Still look at your neighbor and say, out of your belly flows a river called the Holy Spirit. And there are spiritual weapons in your belly for everything you fight. You get it? Huh? You get it? You see, so David then runs onto the battlefield and he doesn't actually kill Goliath with a stone. What are the odds that this little pebble is going to kill a giant? It says that the stone killed him. But here's the deal. David runs onto the battlefield and he starts to prophesy what he pulled out of the river. 
You've been prophesying lately? Have you been been fasting and praying and reaching into the river because you need weapons? You see, David reached into the brook. He reached into the river called the Holy Spirit and he got revelation. He got grace. He got ability and he, he runs onto the battlefield and he says, he says, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. I come to you in his presence. The God of the armies of Israel who you've defied this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head. That's what defeated Goliath. The prophecy that came out of the river flowing through David. Amen? You see, when David literally released the grace that he was given out of the river, when he when, when it became alive, when it literally left his tongue, literally David created what the Lord promised. That's what prophecy is. Amen. And so, and so as David is literally saying, I'm taking your head, it just wasn't something that he frivolously said. I believe that when David reached into the river and he pulls out this grace, David is releasing the vision that God gave him. There's no way a boy can walk onto a battlefield to face a giant by himself. He actually walked onto that battlefield in the Lord's power and released the Lord's vision. And the Lord says, when you throw that stone, baby, there's going to be angels riding that stone. It's going to pierce that giant's head and you're going to watch my power defeat the most powerful being on earth. And you'll know that I'm your God and the whole nation of Israel will know that I am your God and I am with you. The the church is waiting for people to get the revelation of reaching into the river called the Holy Ghost and beginning to prophesy what the Lord is showing you because when you release what the Lord is showing you, He shows up. He doesn't just show up when you have a guy standing in a pulpit repeating a bunch of scriptures and and saying, hey man, we just have to get along and sing Kumbaya. Right? It's not about Kumbaya. You're in a war, baby. You are in a war. And if you haven't figured that out, it's about deception. It's about deceiving you. It's about betraying you. It's about stealing your heart. Amen? And the Lord says, trust me. Don't trust these organizations. Seek my spirit and I will lead you through life. And every giant that stands before you, you and I together will break it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Anybody fired up yet? Well, show me this in the New Testament, Dave. Okay, I will. Okay? I didn't just dream this. Well, I do dream things, but I didn't just make this up. Okay, Ephesians 6.10. It's a famous scripture. You guys all know this, right? Ephesians 16, this, this, uh, I'm sorry, Ephesians 6, the scripture about war. Verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. I got to say, in all my years, I've, this is one of the most um, misunderstood scriptures there is. I've heard guys uh, stand up and start to preach about the armor of God. And you got to put on your armor. And they never really get to the point that... Um, there's only one thing that represents the armor of the Lord, okay? You can't just, a man can't create faith. You can't roll out of bed and say, that's not how faith, that you, men, men cannot create faith, yeah. right? You can't yeah. sit there like you're in the birthing uh, stirrups. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Faith comes from one thing. It comes from the voice. Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. It's not your Bible. The word, word, there's the word rhema. It means the dream and vision, right? What the Lord is revealing to you. What is he speaking to you? Faith, that's where faith comes from. So you can't, there is no bypassing of hearing God. I've preached in all kinds of denominations, zero Holy Ghost denominations, Okay. I've had old ladies, when I say I hear the voice of the Lord and he sent me to India, I heard the voice of the Lord. He sent me to, to Guatemala or, or South Africa or wherever he sends me. I, I've, had, I've had 80-year-old ladies stand up in the middle of the service and say, you mean you hear God? People all their life sitting in a church, listening to a man they're trusting with their salvation. 
and they get their 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 hearts tickled and comforted and we're just gonna you know help you through this Mary never really leading them to the central theme of the gospel which is Christ came to wash your sin away so that the Holy Ghost could resurrect you into the supernatural power of heaven and you could walk in power hearing God Amen. 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 So put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness of this age. You're in a war. You're in a war, right? You're in a war. It's not about comfort. A war mentality is every day you roll out of bed chasing the Lord because you're in a battle and you know that hearing the Lord to be five steps ahead of your enemy is crucial. Anybody feel like they've been behind the eight ball? Amen? People that don't hear God, you're behind the eight ball. You can get a prophecy once in a while and that's what the gift of prophecy is. That's what the church is supposed to do to compensate for a world that cannot hear because you hear God, you release God's voice. You speak to the giants in their life. You speak to the broken sickness things in their life. You are the voice of God on earth. That's what the church is really supposed to be. Okay? The church is, or the world is dying without people reaching into the river And not only killing the giants that come against you, but the giants that keep the body in fear on the mountain. Amen? So here's the deal. What is the armor of God? He goes on to say, he talks about the shield, right? The shield of faith, the sword. He talks about the helmet of salvation, the feet uh, shot with the gospel of peace. He's talking about being equipped. What is it? Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The word, word there, guess what? Is the word rhema. So he's not talking about just taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema. He's he's actually saying, if you read this correctly, he's saying your faith is his rhema. Your helmet is his rhema. Your feet shod with the gospel of peace is his rhema. Right? Your belt of truth is His rhema. Okay? The Lord's voice is your shield. What did the Lord say? It it comes down to a very simple thing. What has the Lord said? What has the Lord said? Because if you reach into the river and you speak what the Lord is saying, giants fall. Amen? Giants literally fall down dead on your battlefields. Have you killed a giant lately? Come on, man. What's your testimony? We heard a testimony of killing drugs and and seeing a vision of his wife praying for him. And oh my gosh, it actually happened. He actually submitted himself to the vision and his wife starts to pray for him. And then the next thing you know, there's an army being gathered around the man and people all around him now are prophesying. How does that happen? The Lord speaks. Ramah falls on a man and his heart is awakened in the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's he, he's now has armor, right? You know how you know how Adam and Eve they were walking around clothed in the presence of the Lord, and when and when they were deceived, right? They were deceived. They ate the apple. They fell into sin. They fell into darkness. What did they do? They hid themselves. They covered themselves with their own armor. Because they didn't have his armor, they covered themselves with their own armor. They looked like they were covered, right? You couldn't see their naked parts, but they were powerless because they didn't have the glory of God clothing them. They had something that made them fit in with the world. Come on, church. Amen. Tell your neighbor you weren't born to fit in. Come on, you weren't born to fit in. You were born to be a light. Clothed in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hearing his visions and dreams. And having armor on you. The camp comes from God and none other. Amen. 
Somebody needs to stand up and start shaking off some of this junk that you've carried. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Anybody need to stand up? Anybody need to shake off this concept that if I put enough money in the plate, I'm going to be made holy? Anybody got to shake that off? Huh? Anybody, anybody got to shake off church attendance? Well, if you come every Sunday, you're in my good graces. Anybody got to shake that off? Well, if you sit there and do everything I tell you to do, then you are a good servant. Anybody need to shake that off? Huh? That's not how the Lord qualifies people. The Lord qualifies people who submit themselves, who bow on their face and say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I want the one thing that Jesus Christ sent. I want His Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus didn't give you a book. Jesus did not give you a book to worship. He did not give you a book to worship. He gave you His Holy Spirit. He gave one thing. Luke 24, 49 says, Stay here until I baptize you in the power of the Holy Spirit, and I will make you what I've called you to be. And I will send you into the world following one thing. My voice. My voice. You see, the church was never meant to be a book worshiper. The church was meant to be made supernatural. That's why the church grew in the first couple hundred years. You know why? There was no book. I'm, I'm stepping on some toes here, right? They had no book. You couldn't worship a book. You know what they did? They, they trusted in one thing. The only thing they were given. Lord, what are we doing? They had prayer meetings. They start, they start to intercede. We got to hear you. The Romans are coming. We got to hear you. Right? The Romans are coming. Shalabat, What do we do? Go out into the street and start witnessing my power to, to the to the blind man sitting at the temple gate. Guess what? And they went and did what he did. And all of a sudden, blind people start to see, crippled people start to walk, and they say, Surely you've been with Christ. All because they knew and trusted one thing, and that was the power given to them by a baptism, a spiritual awakening, just like David. And they didn't run from battles. They actually ran into battles because they gave their life. They didn't fall into this trap of figuring out traditions and trying to compare this scripture to that scripture. And what's it say? No, no, no. They live by discernment. Yeah. The church is void of discernment and discernment only comes from one thing. It comes from the presence of the Lord and you either know Him or you don't. Yeah. You either know His voice or you don't. You can't, well, you can't rattle off 20 scriptures and act like you're righteous and you're holy and you know everything. There's monks that can rattle off scriptures. The only evidence of you being alive is Him present in your life. What's He saying? What's He doing? Where do I go? Who's in need, Lord? Oh, my friend Martha, she's laying in her bed right now. A spirit of suicide's come on her. And I need to call her right now. Oh, hey, Martha, what's going on? I don't know. I don't know. I feel feel like I'm going to die. I want to kill myself. I'll be right there. You run into Martha's house in the name of Jesus. I command that spirit of suicide to go right now. The church is void of discernment. The church has been trained to come on Sunday, check the box, sit in a pew, and tolerate being dead. You weren't born to be dead. Born again is not sitting in a pew and being dead. Born again is not just coming to an altar and feeling condemned the rest of your life. Born again is you operate according to a new supernatural voice that suddenly has been revealed in your life, and you literally say, I'm alive, baby! Come on, there's evidence today. I raised the guy. Yeah. Come on, there's a guy. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's a guy that cast demons out of today. Where are we going, Lord? Yeah. What if you really look like that? What if you really, really, really look like that? Would your neighborhood be safe? Huh? There'd be people getting baptized in the Holy Ghost up and down the street. Yeah. Somebody needs to shake off some armor. A false identity, a false comfort, a false persona that I'm good. I went to the altar. 
I felt his presence two years ago. Haven't done anything since, but I but I went to to, to see uh, this deliverance concert, and I went to see the deliverance movie, and I went to watch this. Well, no, what happened in your life that would prove he's present in your life? Come on, church, are you awake? Are you ready to shake off these lies and simplify your life? When's the last time you fasted and prayed till you showed up? When's the last time you said, I refuse food, and you started to pray in tongues until he literally invaded your life and he shook you to the core? And his anointing came on you in a fresh new way and you started defeating depression. You started defeating anxiety. You started defeating all that junk that haunts you. You see, you're in a war, guys. His armor hunts principalities. His armor hunts spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. His armor hunts powers and rulers and fallen angels and demons that haunted your bloodline. Your sister who shakes and trembles in fear with severe anxiety and depression. He hunts it. He hunts the darkness. Jesus was a hunter killer, baby. He wasn't this, this nice little religious picture that hangs on the wall and say, let them hit you in this cheek and let them hit you in that cheek. And there may be a principle of that in how to treat and interact with people, but when you're dealing with the spirit world and demons are hunting you, guess what? If you have that mentality, you're already defeated. You're a victim. And church churches have made people victim. Just come sit in the pew. Come sit in the pew. That's not that's not that's not evidence. Amen. There's no life in it. Guys, all right? Yeah. You ready for, for, for the army of the Lord to be awakened in here? Yeah. If you can't tell, I'm a little bit different. You see, when I went to India, when I went to India, you know, I was one of these guys, I was birthed in a, in a spiritual church, and I had these gifts. I would start prophesying over people, and my pastor recognized it. And so I'm in charge of the deliverance ministry. I get thrust, I'm in charge of of the prophetic equipping group, but everything was inside the walls. I spent six, seven years doing everything inside the walls, and I had the same people coming up to get deliverance. I'm like, weren't you here six months ago? I'm like, what? I started asking all the questions, why? And I started getting mad. And all of a sudden, the Lord says, I want you to leave this place. I'm like, what? This is my home forever. No, 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 I want you to leave this place. Pack up. The Lord sends me to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Sat there for a year and a half. Sends me back to Parkersburg, where, where Parkersburg, West Virginia, where I was this guy. And when he, when I got back into this church, the Lord, as soon as I walked in the door, says, you're not doing anything in here for a year. You're going to watch. And I sat there. I watched. And a year later, the Lord starts sending me to India. And when he sends me to India, I would sit there on, on, the, on the stage and the Lord would start giving me visions of deaf people being healed, of deliverance breaking out, all these things. And when I did what he told me to do, I would see massive numbers of people, thousands of people come to an altar and start shaking in the power of the Lord, start praying in tongues and literally meet the living God because I did simply what he told me to do. And then I come back to the United States and I start looking at the church and I'm going like, I would lay on the floor and I would shake and cry. I would literally cry because I knew in my heart it was dead and they all thought they were alive and I, I, I was mad. My God, I was mad because I saw that it, the whole thing was powerless. They didn't rely on the armor of the Lord. They relied on coming back Sunday morning. It was dead. But I believe all that was about a preparation for what the Lord is doing in this reformation that's happening in America. People are coming out of dead religion in droves. And it's a grace of God that He's pulling people out because He's taking them back to the simple gospel, which is the voice of God. Because His promise is, my sheep would know my voice and they would follow me. And that's the simple gospel. 
And your testimony is, I know one thing, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I'm crucified in Christ. It's no longer I live. It's Christ. The word Christ means anointing. It is, does the anointing live in you? Come on, does raising the dead live in you? Does healing the sick live in you? Does testifying of Christ being alive live in you? Right? What's your armor? Come on, anybody need to stand up and shake off your fig leaves? (laughs) Come on, we won't condemn you. Deliverance and and repentance are a a shift in your life. Recognizing that, oh my gosh, I thought I was alive. And maybe I'm like 20% alive, but I want to be full alive. Amen? Because the fear of God comes on me when I think that I misrepresented Him. And I pray the fear of God would come on you. That you would not somehow be numb and sit in a pew for 20 years misrepresenting Him. Never raising a dead man. Never healing the sick. Never prophesying. Never actually testifying of having to reach into the river on a battlefield and pull out weapons. I mean, there's, this, the Christian walk is not a simple walk. It's a, it's a test. That's why you get to testify because you won your test. You held on. You believed. You got weapons out of, out of a river. You, you got to a place that was impossible. Do you know he's called the God of the impossible? When the angel visited Mary and she says, ah, this can't happen. How? The angel says, I'm introducing you to the God of the impossible. You know that word impossible actually means the when the rhema word is spoken, everything, all the darkness is overcome. That's what it means. So when, when, when the angel says nothing is impossible with God, that phrase actually means when the voice of God, when the rhema word actually flows out of a man and it becomes alive on the earth, what appears to be impossible, my rhema word will defeat and break and overcome and create what I said I want to do on earth. How important is prophecy in the church? It's the central theme of what a church should be gathered around. You don't gather a body of people so that you can explain all the Bible. You, get, you, ex, you gather a group of people to awaken an army which is centralized on vision. And vision comes from hearing. Every correction in the seven letters to the seven churches is if you can hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And Paul, Paul is explaining in 1 Corinthians 14, He's talking about, he says, I wish you all prayed in tongues even more that you prophesy. Why? Because praying in tongues edifies yourself. Edification is a, is a term used that means that when you pray in His Spirit, He will come to you and reveal His intent and His will to you through dreams and visions. Right? And so the ultimate intent is you pray, you learn to pray, you learn to trust the Holy Spirit. You don't know what to pray for as you up, but you pray in the Holy Ghost, trusting that the Holy Ghost is your supercharger, trusting that the Holy Ghost is your supernatural power. He is what leads you through life. And then all of a sudden you switch from interceding into prophecy because all prophecy is you've interceded and now you hear, you have this vision and you begin to release that stone that kills giants. You get the picture? Because he says, I wish you all prayed in tongues even more that you prophesied. The intent is you all prophesied. And it only starts when you submit to his will, which is spiritual awakening. Who here prays in tongues? Who here prays in tongues every day? Who here prays in tongues for more than an hour a day? Who here sees visions from the Lord every day of their life? Who here has been taken to heaven? All right, you getting the picture? There are levels of spiritual awakening. And it all begins with your embrace of his spiritual way. And the church is void of his spiritual way. His spiritual way is you receive his spirit. You embrace his spirit knowing that it's the only thing that raised Christ from the dead. Jesus is hanging on the cross. He gives up the spirit. And he willingly goes into death 
And in that tomb, he trusted that the Holy Spirit would come and resurrect him. And the one thing that had power to resurrect Jesus out of the grave is the Holy Ghost. And he said, stay here. I'm sending you that same power that has power over death, power over all darkness, power over all disease, power over every situation that you will face. You getting the picture? So why do you set your mind on all this other junk and let yourself be entertained and pulled into these lies when the Lord has given you this thing called the supercharger Holy Ghost? The the thing that contains the rhema of God that will overcome every form of darkness that you face in your life. Because this is a picture of the church. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 24 and 25. But if all prophesy, say all. If all prophesy and an unbeliever or uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report, God is truly in this place. You know what that means? That they, that they didn't say, they didn't feel this little conviction. They come and they kind of say, yeah, I think I'm going to believe. Well, thinking you're going to believe is not conversion. You know what converts a man? When somebody gets a vision of a man and they come back and said, this is what the Lord says to you. You're struggling with this depression and the Lord's arm is reaching down upon you and pulling this dark, heavy thing off of you. And you're going to be happy the rest of your days. And they fall down on their knees. And they begin to shake because the Spirit of God is literally convicting their heart. I am real. I am real. I am real. I have just spoken to you. That's the power and the emphasis and the importance of the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Everybody says, well, the gifts of the Spirit are kind of this optional bolt-on thing. Like you're going to the car lot and do I want power windows and power steering and air conditioning? Well, I live like north of the Canadian border and it's not that hot or cold. I just, you know, I'll just get along without all that power stuff. I'm just a good little Christian. Lie. That's a lie from the devil. There is no resurrection without the Holy Ghost. You can try to explain away and put all this emphasis on pulling this scripture and this says that and this says this and try to defend yourself that I believe Jesus, but I don't need the Holy Ghost. That's a lie. There is no life without the Spirit. The scripture actually says the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Only the Holy Spirit gives life. Amen? So do you know His voice? Huh? Do you know His voice? It's a very important question. Do you know His voice? If you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, now's your opportunity to have your life changed. Amen? Amen. Is there anybody here who does not pray in tongues, who does not prophesy, come on up here, who, who does not do, do, do any of the gifts? Anybody else? Everybody else in here praying in tongues? Is there anybody in here who doesn't prophesy? Come on up. Come on up. Come on, we're going to get this rolling. Who doesn't see visions and dreams? Who doesn't see um, visions of of discerning of spirits? Come on up here. (laughs) Who's never cast out a demon? Who's never baptized somebody in the Holy Spirit that they themselves would also pray in tongues? Do you realize that's one of the main things you're supposed to do if you're representing Christ and you have the revelation that you're alive and the power of the Holy Ghost that you're supposed to value it so much that you literally run to the world and say, you've got to receive the resurrection power of Christ, which is the Holy Ghost. Huh? Come on, man. Every one of those things, Jesus said this in Mark 16. In my name, you will go into the world and preach the gospel. You will cast out demons. Who's cast out demons? You, every one of you. You will heal the sick. It says you will pray in tongues. You will take up serpents. That doesn't mean actually picking up a cobra or a, or a python. Yeah. 
Okay, what that means, it's a metaphor for a spiritual battle. You will take up the serpent. You will enter into warring against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Because guess what? You may think that if I don't bother them, they don't bother me. You know what? That's a lie from the devil. They are hunting you. They have been hunting you from birth. That's where your depression comes. That's where your anxiety comes from. That's where your brokenness and that feeling of, of, of being alone all those things are demonic in nature. Amen? Amen. They're demonic. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Thank you for awakening me. Thank you for awakening me. I will set my heart. I will set my heart. On your voice. On your voice. Awaken me. Awaken me. To pray in the Holy Spirit. To pray in the Holy Spirit. Awaken me. Awaken me. To take the gospel to the nations. To take the gospel to the nations. To pray in tongues. To pray in tongues. To prophesy. To prophesy. To cast out demons. To cast out demons. To release words of knowledge. To release words of knowledge. To fight the good fight. To fight the good fight. To hunt depression. To hunt depression. To hunt suicide. To hunt suicide. And I would not tolerate comfort. And I would not tolerate comfort. And I would call a lie a lie. And I would call a lie a lie. Because you made me so alive in Christ. Because you made me so alive in Christ. Make my heart burn, Holy Ghost. Come on, say it like you mean it. Make my heart burn, Holy Ghost. Come on, man. There's a deep thing that can come out of you if you let it. Come on, man. We're not talking about mainstream 20, 30 years of sitting in a pew. You stand up, sing a couple of hymns, and all of a sudden you walk out the door and wonder who's playing on TV. This is about I want to be made alive in Christ. Say it with me, Jesus. Jesus. Make me alive in Christ. 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 Baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Come on, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Come on, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.